Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. So I've got the privilege of sharing with you this morning about Lean In, our discipleship journey. And so um, our vision at Macquarie Life Church is towards Christ, towards Jesus. We're on a journey. It's active, not passive. It's a verb. Towards Christ. And our discipleship journey is made up of three things. Look up. Mindy spoke about that last week. Today I'm sharing about leaning in. And uh, next week we're going to hear about reaching out. But before I continue, I have a little something. I've got a $50 note. Who can do with a bit of $50 today? So I am going to give this $50 to the first person who comes and get this from me. There are lots of people. (laughs) What is this about? Prosperity message. Yeah, you've come to the right church. This is what it's like with our relationship with God. Our salvation and our salvation here on earth. God wants us to be fruitful, and He's made a way for, for, for that on the cross. But it is up to us to appropriate and seize, lay hold of what He's made available to us. And so, let's read Ephesians 5, 14 to 18. This is why it is said, Wake up, sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then how you live, not as the unwise, but as the wise, making the most of every opportunity. Leaning in. Don't miss an opportunity. Seize the day. Carpe diem. And that's why... I've called today's message Carpe Diem. Seize the day. Make the most of the opportunity. And so with our discipleship uh, process, this is not a workspace message today. The the look up. Yeah, we, we got that part right. God has made the grace available to us. He's given us His righteousness. We don't have to work for it. We don't have to earn it. It is grace. God has given us His grace. He's already made everything available to us through the death of Jesus on the cross. And it is now up to us to seize and lay hold of it. Because if it was only grace, everyone would be saved. There wouldn't be a need for a message about your eternal destination, how you're going, how you're traveling. If it was just about grace, we would all have it made. The cross made everything available to us, and it's up to us, our faith walk, to appropriate what Jesus has done for us. So there's a little slide that will come up there with salt. If you can get that slide up. First on the screen, please, guys. Nope. We don't have slides today. Right. Awesome. (laughs) I'll just uh, explain to you. 
So, if you take sodium, sodium on its own is a poison. It can cause seizures, coma, and ultimately lead to death. If you take chloride on its own, it's a poison. It can lead to kidney failure, kidney disease, diarrhea, and ultimately death. Well, put the two together, what do you get? Salt. And without salt, you will die. How does that work in God's kingdom? What's it? Just hang on a second. <laughs> right, we, we might get some slides soon. Um, right, so it's the same with this $50, grace and faith. Because if it's grace alone, like I said, you know, you've, you've got consumerism, handouts, socialism, because it's grace, give me more. I need more. If it's just faith, it's works, isn't it? That we can boast. But it's not our works. It's what God has already made available for us. He's already made that available. And so our responsibility is to bring God's kingdom down to earth. Mindy spoke last week about the Lord's Prayer. Let your kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. Here's a question. Whose responsibility is it for God's kingdom to come to earth? Ours. That's right. If you look at the Bible, from creation, if you exclude creation where God acted on his own, did God act on his own without people throughout the whole Bible? No. It is our responsibility to bring God's kingdom down to earth and let his kingdom reign on earth as it is in heaven. And so our fight is not with God. So this, this is kind of just for us to, to always remember, our fight is not with God to get him to do something. He's already done it on the cross. Our fight is about living in a sinful world, sinful nature, We've got an enemy who seeks to devour whom he may devour and destroy. And our fight is about our flesh. Our fight is not with God to try and get him to move. Our fight for the rest of our Christian life is those three things that I've just mentioned. So Hebrews 6 verse 1. So let us stop going over the basic teachings about Christ again and again. Let us go on instead and become mature in our understanding. Surely, we don't need to start again with the fundamental importance of repenting from evil deeds, placing our faith in God. Um, you don't need further instruction about baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. And so, God willing, we will move forward and further. So, this is, in Hebrews, talking about the basics of Christianity. Let's move on to mature. Let's be fruitful in our Christian life. James 4 says, Draw near to God, 
and he will draw near to you. This doesn't mean that God is far away and that he is up in heaven. When we read that scripture, draw near to God and he will draw near to you, it means he's right here. But he's waiting for us to recognize him. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He will never force himself into your life. So each morning when we wake up, he's like standing right there. Draw near to God. It's like, is it going to happen today? And as you say, good morning, Holy Spirit, he's like, hello. (laughs) He's right there. Glad you recognize me. I would love to spend the day with you. I would love to do this journey with you today. That's what that scripture means. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. God is omnipresent. He's always there. And it's just for us to acknowledge him and bring him into our world. Proverbs 25.2 says, It is the glory of God to conceal a thing, but the honor of kings is to search out a matter. We need to search out the riches of heaven in our lives. God's wisdom is so precious. It is so precious. He's not going to cast his pearls before swine. It is those who place value on it that are going to reap and get something out of it as we search after God. And so for me personally, in my life, God's called me to be like a a gym spotting buddy for Christians, to look after the sheep. Now, if, if you've ever gymmed and you had a spotting buddy, you know how valuable that spotting buddy is. It's the person that stands there with the weights. And as you bench press and, and you kind of feel, can't do anymore. And they're like, come on. You can do it. Keep going. And they help you just a little bit. And you can get it up. And maybe another rep. And you think, no, no, I'm done. Can't surely. Can't do another one. And they're like, no, you can. And maybe they help a little bit harder. And that's what we all should be to each other in our Christian walk, is our gym spotting buddy. To cheer each other on as we go through the pain barrier. When it gets uncomfortable. For that person there to be there right next to you and help you. You know, over the last month or so, we've, we've had some excellent guest speakers here. A few of them moved in the prophetic, and it's great. But I'm like, we should be moving in the prophetic. God has equipped us. That's what the fivefold ministry is about. That's where we're going with this church. It's about equipping other saints. The fivefold ministry is to equip everyone. Everyone has a job to do in this life. It's not just the people you see on a Sunday. It's not just the band, not just the guys serving. Every single person coming through this door has got an assignment from God. And that's what we're doing at at Macquarie as we equip the saints. As we go towards Jesus, we help each other on. We lean in. And so I want to talk to you about three things. Why do we lean in? Why do we have to lean in? Why do we need to kind of put some pressure on it? 
Why can't we just float around haphazardly? Well, the first one is to grow spiritually, emotionally, physically, even physically. The Holy Spirit will take you on a journey, even if there's something with your body that he might want to share with you. And so Hosea 4 verse 6 says, My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed. Do you know there are things that are hurting us in our life that we're not even aware of? But as we get close to God and the Holy Spirit takes us on this journey, He shares with us, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You're having too much fizzy drink or whatever. You know, there might be... I rebuke you. Which one? <laughs> right, someone's trying to sabotage today. But I'm leaning in. <laughs> yeah. Romans. You know, last year, I don't know if you recall, we did this uh, series about Romans, where there's that scripture about, be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind. Our minds are so powerful, and we need to renew it with the Word. That scripture in Isaiah that I read, my people are destroyed of a lack of knowledge, it's where the prophet Isaiah talks about the people's lack of value on the scriptures back then. And it's the same today. Our lack of value on the Bible could be costing us. The Word is like our GPS, Yes, go, no, slow. It's like our GPS. And, you know, as a pastor's kid when I grew up, I had this uh, chip on my shoulder where I took uh, secondhand knowledge and assumed it for myself. Just because I was a pastor's kid, I thought I knew it all. But I was still defeated. I still didn't have victory in my life. I was still miserable. Didn't have the joy of the Lord in my life. Pastor's kid defeated life because I didn't renew my, my own mind. And I realized that in my early 20s. I'm like, God, I'm done. I'm, I'm, I'm just a little idiot trying to fake it. And I did Bible college, and I had to renew my own mind. It's not because we just know someone that knows something that means that we can keep on this journey it's for us. Mark 7 verse 13 says, Making the word of God of no effect through your tradition which you handed down and many such things you do. Do you know there's stuff that we get from our parents and our grandparents and our family when you get together for Christmas and Easter and the family do's and the funerals and just the way people talk and all these things that we hear throughout our life that can make the word of God of no effect. When did that happen? <laughs> awesome. Thank you. Making the Word of God of no effect through your tradition. Even in churches, we can be learning stuff. That's not really relevant. That steals the effectiveness of, of God's relationship in our lives. Making it, making it transactional, not relational. 
where we can be having a relationship with God and with Jesus. Sometimes even in church, we, we get stuck. And so we need to renew our minds to grow. The second one, why we need to lean in, is to belong, to connect with other believers. Proverbs 18 verse 1, a man who isolates himself seeks his own desire and he rages against all wise judgment, like our friend Jack Nicholson on the screen there. And when you read that word rages, that's what we need to see. Like the Bible talks to us, like we're a bit loopy if we isolate ourselves. And that's what it's like as a Christian believer. You know, if you have a herd of sheep and they're predators out there, wolves, what happens when the sheep gets on their own, vulnerable? And that's what it's like for Christians. It's so important to belong, to connect with other believers. You know, I just want to share with you openly this morning about what, what it means to belong at church. If we look at the world, what, why do people invest in other people at work? They might show hunger for the, the role or for the organization. They might show humility. They might be skillful. So here at, at church... Churches around the world, there's got to be a hunger for us to belong. When we just duck in and out. I had a conversation with someone in another country that went to another church, and they're like, no one shows interest in me. I'm like, it's because you only go every five months. It is, it is for us to lean in, to break through that discomfort of meeting new people and belonging. And I want to encourage you. It's not a rebuke today, but I want to encourage you. Newcastle is a hard place to break into. Just Friday night, we were talking to a couple who've moved up from Sydney. And they're like, Sydney, man, everyone's going out. Everyone invites everyone. Newcastle's different. And Kat and I have been now at two churches, and I would say Newcastle, it probably takes three or so years to really belong. It's hard. But the reverse as well, for us sitting here today as members, we shouldn't be making it hard for others. As you stand in the foyer, open up your group. You know, you might be talking to your mate you've known for 30 years. And it's awesome to catch up with that person. But there might be someone here for a week. And if we have our eyes open for those people, because we want them to belong. We want them to feel like there's a purpose here for them. And that journey to belong, it needs us. It's not like, you know, the quick fix of winning the lotto. With God, there's a journey. Most of the time, you will find there's a journey. That journey needs us, like dough, to soften our hearts, the wine press that we go through. And in a big church especially, we need to make big church smaller. How do you do that? Smaller groups. 
That's where you can be accountable, where you can be in, encouraged, where you can learn endurance. For me, again, you know, what's and all. So I've had this skin condition for the last 20 years. I've had psoriasis. 20 years. I'm like, God, you're going to heal it someday? You know, it's getting a bit awkward. I haven't worn a short sleeve shirt to church for over five years. I get these psoriasis patches all over my body. And I'm like, God, surely, you know, it's getting annoying. But you know what? Does it mean that I'm going to stop leaning in? Does it mean that I'm just chucking it, throwing down the mic, and say, stuff it, Lord. This is fake. This is not real. No. In my heart, in the inner of my heart, I know this is real. And I just need to walk the journey out. Just this week, uh, I was talking to a guy that had a, a back injury 10 years ago. Excruciating pain he goes through almost weekly. And he said as well, for the last 10 years, crying out to God to heal him. A great faith man in Newcastle. And he's like, God just said, no. Why would I heal you from something that's producing eternal value in you? Wow. And he said, I will heal you when it's done its work in you. I'm like, okay, that must be for me as well. So 20 years, I'll keep going. I don't mind. So ways we can lean in. There's a slide there. How can you lean in? Join a small group. Join an equipping course, Bible college, Thrive, Divorce Recovery, Marriage Prep. Serve on a team. Volunteer your time and resource. Again, this is not a workspace message. Yeah? This is for us to be fruitful, to be equipped in our lives, to be fruitful. So there's a next uh, photo that will come up there of Nathan. A year ago at Easter, Kat's dad had gallbladder pain. And if you ever have known someone with kidney stones or gallstones, it's excruciating. They, they go and stand on all fours. Just the pain is in, unbearable. And we got Nathan to pray for his pop. And he lay hands on them. I think it was before we had the anatomy discussion with Nathan, where did he lay his hands <laughs> when praying for someone. <laughs> but Kat's dad's pretty tall. I reckon by faith we believe that's where the goal was. And since that day, the pain stopped. And Kat's dad has not had any goal issues. Well, my son's praying. My son's getting better results than me. Now, if I'm insecure about that, I'm like, far out. Again, you know, chuck a tandy with God. But no, that's awesome because we're leaning in to be an example for our family. And if my son's getting results in prayer, great, because he can start praying for my early retirement. That'll be awesome. The last reason why I want to say we're leaning in is to reach our world. 
we need to get equipped. We need to grow. We need to belong so that you can live it out to others. There's a very hostile world out there. We need to get equipped in law reform, education, aged care, special needs, apologetics. There's a lot you can renew your mind with and be equipped so that you have a word in season in a conversation out of this church where someone says something and you're like, you know what, that's actually not, not quite true. And this is what we believe. And have a word for them in due season. We need to be equipped for our worlds and push through the pain barrier and the fear barrier. And I'll finish with a story. About a month ago, Kat's uncle got diagnosed with a very aggressive form of a terminal illness. Just all of a sudden one day switched on. They say it just lays dormant and it switches on. And the doctors gave him a matter of days. And Kat's calling aunties and uncles and like, does he know God? Who's going to share the gospel with him? And I'm like, well, you've got the burden. I think it's you. But he's in Queensland. He might not live through the night, the doctor said. Should I, should I not? Should I, should I not? And I told her, you will never, ever have regret if you make the effort. But you will have regret of the woulda, coulda, shouldas if you don't make the effort. And I want to tell you, if you lean in, others will be discomforted as well. We go through this journey together. So Kat got on a plane to Queensland. I had to make alternative arrangements to look after Nathan with work. So I was inconvenienced by her calling. But she went. And we prayed. We prayed for a soft heart because a year before, this very uncle had a very kind of anti-God sentiment. Each year we go up to Queensland for Easter. And that particular year, Nathan did a little Easter song. And he just verbally declared where he was at spiritually. And it saddened us. And now a year later, it's like this guy that's so hardened against God, why is she traveling up? Why is she even paying for plane ticket to go up? But we prayed. We prayed for soft soil. We prayed for an opportunity. Because by the time Kat got there, the Friday night, the whole family was there. The whole room's full. How's she going to share the gospel in this room full of everyone? But as we prayed, as we leaned in, as we took the step of faith, there was a moment when it was only Kat and her dad and her uncle in the room. And he couldn't breathe. He had an oxygen mask on. But he could nod. He could write things down. And she said, Uncle Pete, where are you at? I want to give you an opportunity to make your peace with God. At 76, a guy that was so against God a year ago, it was soft soil as we prayed. And he responded to the gospel a few hours before 
He exited this world. Praise God. So I want to ask you today, who are you thinking about that you need to lean in for? Who's that person that comes up in your mind? Is it for your kids? Is it for their future so that they know the truth? They can live in what you have set for them. Is, is it your parents? Is it your unsaved family? Who is that image that's coming up in your head that you know you need to lean in for? Because if you do, God will make a way if you step out in faith. And I want to pray for you this morning to respond to this. If you feel, I need to lean in, even if it's not just for me, I need to lean in for someone else. So, Father, right now, Holy Spirit, we do not want to miss an opportunity, a coulda, woulda, shoulda moment in life. We want to say yes as you call us to push through the uncomfortable pain barrier to grow, to belong, and to reach our world. Give us the courage and the boldness to make a stand and say, I will. I won't quit. And everyone said together, Amen. Give God a great praise this morning, church. Thank you. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit macroylifechurch.com.au.